Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you've tuned in to America's Home for Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, adoration, and praise, all those things accepted <clears throat> at toddatoddhuffshow.com. Hope you had a great weekend, and um, we welcome you to the program. I want to get to a couple of things today. In fact, I've uh, you, you'll re- recall that I put out a... Uh, an email some time ago and was asking for two different issues, one of which at the current time, <clears throat> excuse me, is not is no longer, I guess, pertinent. It was uh, a bill that was local to the state of Indiana, House Bill 1134. Um, I tried with all my might to get someone to come on and tell me what was wrong with that particular piece of legislation. And no one wanted to do it, which I find fascinating. So, um, because we're conservative, not bitter. I'm not, look, folks, you can disagree with me. Um, we can have a conversation. That's okay. Um, I think I think that's needed more in this country, to be quite honest with you. But, but be that as it may, nobody wanted to step up and defend House, or excuse me, explain why House Bill 1134 wasn't, uh, a good policy for the state of Indiana. For those of you outside the state, effectively the bill, I don't want to get into this at the moment, but it was crafted with the intention whether or not it achieved that in a reasonable manner is left uh, open to interpretation and debate, I suppose. But um, it was just, uh, written to prevent things like critical race theory from being taught in the classroom without parental consent and so forth, without the approval of boards and some teacher going in and, and, and teaching it without permission and all this sort of stuff. I don't want to get into that, but I couldn't get anyone, even at the Indiana State Teachers Association, to come on here and explain what was wrong with that bill. So I made a similar call um, because we've been talking about these these trucker convoys. And um, we spent a lot of time talking about what was happening in the state – well, I'm sorry, the, the nation of – in Canada, right, in, in Ottawa – and Justin Trudeau <laughs> showing us really his uh, his viewpoint on how government should really be run, which is antithetical to lovers of freedom. But I don't want to get into that. I want to just set the stage here for what we want to get into today, which is these convoys here now that have headed and made their way to our nation's capital. Um, and I put a call out on on Facebook again to say, hey, if you oppose this, I just want to talk. I want to, you know, give you an opportunity uh, to share your thoughts. And I had, I have someone that's going to sh- uh, talk with us next segment. His name's Mark from, I think from Whiteland. He'll he'll tell us when we jump on the line here. But anyway, first I want to do something here and kind of build up to this in a, in a bigger, kind of a macro level, I guess. Um, something I've noticed a lot of lately that that concerns me as a lover of liberty, a lover of, of freedom. And that is this issue 
it's, I think it can be subtle to a lot of folks who don't really know that, that don't follow it super close or aren't just very defensive when they hear things in the media and, and haven't studied how subtle and how insidious some of these things can be in shaping, uh, weakening the defenses of people and shaping public opinion. They're very good at this. I mean, that's why I call them, many of them, not all of them, but many of them professional deceivers. They don't really want to talk about truth, uh, which I think is one of the reasons some of these folks don't want to come on here because truth is has depth to it. Um, and talking points avoid that. So beside, besides that, putting that aside and digging deeper here as we begin to, to square up this conversation with, with our um, a guest who wants to talk about why he doesn't agree with these convoys or this particular convoy, which whichever the case is going to be here. You know, we used to talk in terms of defending liberty and defending freedom in this great nation. But if you pay attention, and many of you do, the media and the radical left now, they talk in terms of defending democracy. Now, that's a subtle change in language, and I democracy is a good thing. I'm a huge proponent of this idea of self-governance. Our nation is founded upon these principles, but not just those principles, and that's what I want to get to here. You know, We've spoken out against tyranny of all types, all sizes, all shapes for a long, long time. You know, as a as a believer, as a believer in a creator and of the God of the in the God of the Bible, we are created. The founders even wrote this down. They said, "We are, um, we are created. We are created with these liberties. God, these come not from government, but rather they come to us from Almighty God. That's where our liberty comes from. It doesn't comes. It doesn't come from the Indiana State House. We're currently in New Mexico now. It doesn't come from the New Mexico State House." doesn't come from Washington, D.C. It doesn't come from President Biden or President Trump or President Obama or fill in the blank. It comes, these things come from God. We are all created with these. It is part of what it means to be created in the image of God. And to have these, it's it's how he created us to live, to have choice. Choice and freedom are spectacular, spectacular things. Now, I hear people talking about democracy only. And again, Not a bad thing. Do not misunderstand. Do not misrepresent, misinterpret. It's not a bad thing. But I find it interesting that we're now heading down this road because liberty is something that is under assault in a lot of of ways. And sometimes it's subtle, and sometimes it's not so subtle. It's overt with, say, the... (laughs) Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act, Emergencies Act um, in, in Canada. But be that as it may, the reason I find myself cheering on the truckers is because anytime someone stands up for liberty, for their own personal liberty, they're standing up indirectly or even directly, depending upon the particular issue, for everyone else's liberty. Even folks, if we don't agree on the particular way that they are exercising liberty in that particular case. For example, someone might say, as Mark's going to share next next segment, and I'm going to let him explain his thinking and all that, someone might say, I'm against what the truckers are doing. And that, that can mean a bazillion different things. Some people may literally mean 
I don't think they should have the right to protest these things. You know, we're in a state of emergency. What are they talking about? COVID regulations, vaccine mandates, shut up, get the jab, wear your mask, you know, save grandma's life or whatever. That could be that that could be one particular aspect. Another person can say, look, I don't really like, I don't really agree with what they're doing. I don't see the big deal, um, but I believe in their freedoms to do so. Okay, that's another that's another discussion. But I would like to appeal to that crowd and say, look, if that is you, you, you can say, I don't like how they, you know, I don't really see it the same way that they see it. But my goodness, if we give it an inch of ground, <laughs> an inch more of ground to a government who is going to continually, by by nature, governments grow. By nature, everything that man builds, humanity builds, grows. That's why our founders put within the Constitution this framework that said, Government is not supposed to grow outside of these bounds. Now, of course, it's grown spectacularly outside of those those bounds, and many people don't care. They don't understand the risk. Um, they're apathetic. Um, they just they don't know. They haven't been taught. Whatever the case may be, but that's been what's happening for for some time now. And so, to me, when I look at these convoys and when I look at what the truckers are doing, it's not so much. Uh, 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 one particular thing that they're doing that I'm saying yes about, although it is in a sense, it's really more about enough. Enough of where we're headed with this. Enough of this mindset that says all wisdom and knowledge come from our nation's capital, regardless of which political party is in power, regardless of who the president of the United States is, regardless of what a Supreme Court decision is, all that stuff, regardless of all of that. We do not, we are created to be a free people. And unless there is a very obvious um, and a very clearly stated purpose, the government really shouldn't be interfering in all these different different aspects of our lives. And up to and including, of course, perhaps the greatest, which is what someone might be forced or highly... Uh, what I want to say here, very maybe coerced, pushed very heavily, um, maybe browbeaten, maybe publicly humiliated, (laughs) maybe at fear of losing his or her job, being pushed to do something that he or she doesn't want to do. I can't tell you the number of people that have told me. It's it's interesting, the people that have gotten a vaccination, which I personally don't care what your, your choice on that is. God bless you either way. But the amount of people who, who have gotten it who immediately begin to tell me, you know, I kind of wish I didn't do it. The only reason I did it was because of X. That is the common – that is more than not. Some people would just say, hey, I, I got vaccinated or, hey, I didn't get vaccinated or whatever. And some people feel – most people who did who got vaccinated, at least to me, maybe they assume I'm thinking something. I'm really not. But maybe they feel the need to explain and they'll they'll often say, I wish I didn't but – I wish I had an opportunity to, um, you know, maybe do it again or what have you. And so for me, and the way I look at this, I see these these truckers standing up um, for a a bigger a bigger issue of of liberty, and I find that to be critically critically important. So, looking at the clock here, I got a lot more to say about this, but I want to give Mark time. So. What we're going to do here is take a quick timeout. When we get back, I'm going to bring our guest on, Mark, from Whiteland to explain 
where he agrees with me, where he disagrees. We'll have a conversation, ask some questions, probe, talk about this. And whatever, wherever this goes, we don't do this very – actually, I'd have to really think to if we've even done this before. But I do appreciate in advance uh, someone with the courage. It's amazing that people – they'll go onto Facebook, and this isn't Mark, by the way. But they'll go onto Facebook, and they'll say all these things, and then you ask them – Hey, why don't you come on the show to talk about it? I didn't really mean it like that. I'm telling you what, I've heard that countless times, countless times from folks. So, going to take a timeout. Mark's going to join us after the break. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a couple of minutes. All right, welcome back, my friends. So... As promised before the break, and we don't do this often. We don't do this often, but I've got Mark from Whiteland on the phone. Mark, are you there, sir? Yes, I am, Tom. There we are. I did hit the wrong button, and there we go. I got you loud <laughs> and clear. So, well, that works. I want to say thank you, first of all, for coming coming on the program. And uh, like I said, we don't do a lot of this. But, you know, I think you and I were talking off air during the break there, but um, – Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important that we have some of these discussions. It's such a politically divided time, and I know you're a believer as as I am, and that's we can have differences of opinion, but my goodness, unity or at least an, a, a willingness or desire to try to understand and uh, not hate. My goodness, not hate the other person for disagreeing. So I appreciate you coming on. Well, sure. So sure. Um, as an as an ordained uh, uh, minister, I I uh, was preaching the other week on uh, Jesus's call in, in the Gospel of Luke to, to love your enemies, and um, uh, whether they are political enemies or uh, whether they are enemies um, uh, of a, a certain country, uh, we we have to learn to love one another. I think at that point uh, things can change here uh, in this life. Until then, it's going to be the same old, same old. Amen. Well, I hope I'm not your enemy, Mark. <laughs> but no, I, point well not, taken. Point well no, taken. No. I'm just playing with Communist you. Communist Democrats are my enemy. <laughs> Globalist Republicans are my enemy. There you go. And we can agree on outside that. Outside of that, that's that's about it. We can agree on that. So, when I put the call out on Facebook, you you did respond and say, "Hey, I'm you know, let's let's talk." I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as I understand you, you quote don't support the convoy or these convoys. I guess my first question would be, in light of the first segment, do you agree that they have a God-given right to protest government's actions concerning COVID-19, or are your disagreements elsewhere? No, I, I absolutely. Um, Powell is my uh, uh, adopted surname. My my birth father was born in Kielce, Poland in 1928, mm. which was not a good time to be born in Poland. No. Um, he was uh, 11 when the Nazis invaded. And um, when the Stalinists took over, uh, he was 17. And so uh, he survived both of them. He survived the displaced persons camps and uh, was vetted uh, in 1946 through 49. And in 49, he he took a a boat from uh, Germany to the port of New Orleans, came up to Chicago, uh, where he met uh, my mother in a factory uh, that they both worked at. And uh, I have a twin brother who's a Catholic priest, and I'm a Protestant minister. And, um, and we, you know, we were, we're from that marriage. So it's a miracle that I'm talking to you today. But one of the things that my father always um, mentioned to me when I was a little boy, and I would ask him about his experience growing up in, 
in Poland uh, during the war, it was that uh, one thing that he said to me that stuck in my brain all these years. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the, the, the Nazis and the Stalinists were both alike. Mm-hmm. They took your guns and then you were at the mercy of the merciless. Mm-hmm. And it's that um, merciless uh, uh, human being that we here in the United States really haven't met unless we have gone overseas to fight a war. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that merciless human being is on our shores and in our government. And I was preaching about that today in the Gospel of Luke uh, when uh, Jesus is tempted in the desert uh, by Satan. And so Satan says, you know, I have all the power. This power has been given to me. If you uh, get on your knee and worship me, I will uh, give you all of this. And um, and Jesus, of course, being God, says, uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, but you have to realize that Jesus could have said, oh, what you're saying is not true. Uh, he didn't, Jesus didn't say that. Uh, Jesus didn't counter uh, Satan's uh, comment that he has the power in this realm. Uh, and until this, uh, the age of change comes, which I think we're in right now at the very beginning of this new age, um, you know, it, it's going to be the people that Satan has put into positions of power, not only here in the United States, but in all other countries in the world. Sure. So then what, so where is your, your disagreement here? What is it that you don't like about it's, the... it, it's, yeah, it's in tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my father survived at a very young age because, you know, he, he had some spiritual wisdom to him. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to, uh, just stand up and speak out. Um, uh, but when you know that you're going to be uh, put into harm's way because of that as a civilian, uh, there's other ways of, of achieving uh, the goal without, uh, you know, without having uh, innocent people being hurt. Now, I was asked to speak at seven o'clock on Saturday in Spiceland uh, when, the, uh, when the trucks got there. But um, I was uh, uh, in prayer last week, Sunday, praying about this. And uh, shortly thereafter, I, I looked at a, um, a video of the truckers in Canada and uh, how Antifa was starting to, to uh, uh, play with them uh, in uh, Toronto and how the police, uh, who are supposed to you know, uphold the law for both sides, right? Uh-huh. They were not. They were upholding the law for uh, the anti-fun for those people that were going against uh, the Canadian truckers. And at that point, it just I just re- re- it real you know it became very clear that uh, the government is not freedom's friend right now. That's right. And uh, they'll use their ability to uh, uh, es- escalate uh, instances. Now Canadians and I, as I found, most Canadians to be wonderful you know, peace-loving people. Uh, you know, you, you took look at the gun rate, rate of murder in Windsor, Ontario, and you look at the gun rate of murder in Detroit, mm-hmm. Michigan, right across the river, and it's night and day. Uh, it's a difference in Canadian culture. Now, uh, some of these Canadian truckers were about ready to rip the heads off of these Antifa folks. And um, I'll be honest with you, at that moment, I thought, good God, <laughs> these are... If these are uh, American truckers uh, that you know that uh, that see this, 
you know, we've had two years of of uh, psychological warfare against mm-hmm. the American people, mm-hmm. and a lot of this is 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 that release a release of that emotion, and uh, it just seemed to be very much um, something that could be set up as a January sixth uh, 2.0, that you could have CIA black ops or FBI black ops within the truckers uh, that would uh, instill some sort of a um, riot uh, that would be filmed by the mainstream media that uh, is not the friend of freedom, it's a friend of communist China, and that that, that kind of new world order uh, message uh, would get out that uh, these truckers are you know, you could, I could almost hear, you know, what they would say in the media. Yeah, they're white supremacists, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then it, it, it gives them the opportunity to crack down uh, on the movement uh, to get round everybody out. Because now that this technology, uh, if I was in Spiceland and I was next to a, a trucker that they would arrest, uh, you know, they could ping my, my cell phone for, you know, being in collusion with that. This is the type of technology that the merciless have at their uh, beck and call, and they're used against freedom-loving people. How how are you supposed to – I mean, there's one thing I want to ask you about first. I think you used – I don't want to put words in your mouth, but early, earlier on you said something about um, uh, someone getting hurt. Are you thinking or seeing or believing that these trucker convoys have hurt other people, or is that just a concern of something that – that could, that could happen. That could happen. Yeah. Okay. So what? Yeah, and I and I would say the probability of that would be, you know, uh, fairly high, uh, because it fits into the narrative of the communist Democrats and the globalist Republicans that are in power in Washington and in just about every state capital of this country. But it's because, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's not so much because of the intention or the desire of the the folks in the convoy. You're Suggesting that what they would be provoked or set up, or what is that? Is that true? Well, I mean, all, you could look at these two instances, uh, and this is this is kind of what framed my thinking. You take a look at January sixth, and and the events of that day. Now, I I watched it in real time, like millions of other Americans. We saw a whole different story than what occurred. Uh, uh, and what uh, the narrative is that, that they said occurred on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for political reasons. It's to, you know, to, to separate the people in the uh, uh, nationalist movement, uh, uh, freedom-loving Americans that, that look at, uh, you know, America to make a, um, and keep America great, to have a competitive within the World Council of States. Uh, and the folks that want a new world order that uh, somebody else is going to be controlling the, the entire global government. But but here's, and, I guess, my uh, problem. I, I see that the same way, but mm-hmm. to me, how do you – sitting back and not responding at all is not going to help oh, the no. cause either. So then uh, what, what oh, does that look right. like? <laughs> right. Well, absolutely. I thank you for that question, Todd, uh, because you, know, you, you have an incident like uh, January 6th. That should that should have wake, woken us up in the in the people that love freedom movement, right? Uh, that that the government will go to any uh, means necessary to clamp down. I know people still in prison being treated like yes, animals. That's right. Because they were this is this is disgusting in in a free country. 
Uh, and then you have, and then I, when I saw the, the, the way that uh, Antifa was, was poking at the Canadian truckers and the, the police backing off like they did when, um, uh, you know, when BLM was, was rioting, when Antifa was rioting in 2020. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was the police that stood down in Indianapolis. Um, and, and if my, my point at that was, if they did that in, in Virginia or in Maryland or in DC, uh, through the, um, black ops of the FBI, because we know that they were involved in that whole situation with Gretchen Whitmer's kidnapping, um, that FBI agents and informers were involved in that. Mm-hmm. That the, if the FBI was being used and the CIA black ops were being used, I want to tell you, CIA stuff is happening on our shores, period, all the time. And uh, to think that that is not the case is is not to be uh, using the noodle. Um, so, and so, so let, me, when, let me stop when, you. Let's let me. Yeah. Uh, we we can continue this. I, I I thought we could do this in one segment, but there's a reason. And for folks that are out there listening. Um, Mark and I don't know one another, but we've connected and and had some minor interactions on, I don't know if it was Facebook or what platform. I know it was at least Facebook, but yeah, a messenger. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I, there's some things I know about you that our audience doesn't know yet. And I didn't know that this conversation would take on a larger, just you're saying things that I I think um, it it would be an interesting, uh, it would be interesting for our listeners to, to understand fully you know, who you are, your political affiliation, and maybe some of the things you've done. But I don't want to do that now because I've got to, for the formatting of the program, i got to take a break. So do you mind to sit through the break sure. and, and continue on the other side? And let's, uh, let's sell some, uh, something to somebody. Yeah. That's how we, we keep on the air, right? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do that here, and uh, we'll continue our conversation with Mark from Whiteland here. After the break, sit tight, my friends, back here in a couple of minutes. <laughs> My friends, welcome back on the phone with Mark from Whiteland. And, you know, I, I shared, um, and I'll pull him back on here in a second, but I shared um, during, maybe at the beginning of the program that we would have, you know, we don't have a lot of callers like this on. And the reason I had him on was to talk specifically about the trucker convoy. And, I mean, I don't see it the same way he does, but I, I, I respect his viewpoint. And they're, they're going, he's right in the sense that they're going to demonize these folks. There's, there's no doubt about that. That being said, um, there's more context here to to Mark, and I'm going to pull him back on. Mark, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. Tom. Okay. So tell folks your political affiliation. We don't have a ton of time. I'm not going to be able to do this again, go over into another segment. But tell folks your political affiliation and a little bit about um, what you've done in the past politically. Well, sure. Um, well, I, I'm a native Chicagoan, so I always like to say I was born a, a Democrat because yeah. if you weren't a Democrat in Chicago, you didn't you didn't get you know new garbage cans, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, but you know, and that was uh, my first uh, experience in politics uh, was in 1980, uh, being a, a Kennedy um, mm-hmm. uh, organizer at St. Ambrose uh, in Davenport, where I was a seminarian. At the time, and uh, I really loved uh, John Kennedy and uh, Bob Kennedy. I thought they were 
uh, stars uh, that uh, had really what's in the best interest of the United States. And they wouldn't recognize um, their party today, right? Oh, heck no. Yeah. I, you know, even uh, Bob Kennedy's grandson lost the uh, Senate primary to Markey last uh, time around in Massachusetts because the Democratic Party has been taken over by the communist element. And thanks to Hillary and Bill Clinton and the, the folks uh, that let the Chinese communist money into the DNC starting in 1996. So we've had uh, all these years. 25 years of communist uh, Chinese influence within the Democratic Party, and that's gone all the way down to the state parties and, and to the county parties for the most part. Now, most of, I'd say 90, 95% of uh, you know, people uh, on the state and local level might be useless idiots, as the Chinese communists mm -hmm. refer to them. And but you have the, the folks that are in real power within the, the uh, uh, Democratic Party Incorporated uh, that didn't know their true score, that the vast amount of money is coming from overseas, and, and the Clintons were good at that. Still, so, still are. So how are you – I mean I'm, I made it clear on this program. I told you – I mean anyone that listening that listens regularly mm -hmm. knows this. I'm not – I begrudgingly consider myself a Republican a lot of times. I just find that mm -hmm. the people that I agree with in positions of you know political power, say – most of the time are, are Republicans. And that doesn't mean most Republicans are – there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems, Mark, with the Republican right. Party too. So are you, right. do you view yourself as like yeah, a Martin a Martin Luther over there? What what, what draws you over there? Well, yeah, there has to be reform within the Democratic Party. And, and I was um, helping a, a Republican uh, city judge in Franklin trying to get reelected in uh, 2019 when the county prosecutor just beat his fiance up, held her in the basement and uh, mm -hmm. beat her like a dog. And uh, he never got arrested. He had a special Republican judge and a special Republican prosecutor that gave him a slap on the wrist. And, um, and I saw that as immoral, unjust. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be affiliated with the leadership of the Indiana State Party where nobody had, had any type of criticism. He not only pleaded guilty to uh, three felonies, but they kept him in office for 90 days after that. And when that happened, it was just, this is uh, unconceivable to me how, how decent people would allow that to happen. So I mm -hmm. said, yeah, heck with that. And, so, you know, uh, and that's why uh, in, in the midst of that, I had a heart attack and a triple bypass. Mm. And when I, uh, when I was um, recuperating, I, I didn't go into physical rehab. I went into spiritual rehab because I thought to God, I, I thought I was going to die. Mm. And I said, why did you you know, save me from, from dying? I was ready to go. Um, and I, I went to the Benedictine Monastery up in Beach Grove with the nuns up there. And I spent about a month with them and prayed with them and read and, and meditated. And it became very clear that the Christian democratic policies of Europe uh, which were successful in rebuilding after World War II had not been tried here in the United States. And it seemed to me that if we're going to move ahead uh, as both uh, uh, strong Americans with a good, strong American fervor on both the Republican and Democratic side, which great, gave greatness to this nation for so many decades, uh, which has gone away, uh, that we have to have that kind of spirit again, that spirit that was there with uh, Kennedy and Nixon even because both Kennedy and Nixon were serving in the United States Navy during World War II. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the greatness that we had as a nation as we built in, in the 1950s and 60s was because we had politicians that looked death in the eye mm-hmm. and they survived it and freedom survived it and they knew what kind of cost it, it had uh, to the American people, to a whole generation of American kids that were killed on foreign land. And they stared and they in the eye. Sure that, yeah, they and stared they in the eye sure. the very ideology that many are welcoming into this country today. That's a sadness. That's a great sadness of this. And that's why, you know, my, my father saw what the Stalinists and the, and the, and the uh, National Socialists and the Marxist Socialists, what kind of tyranny that brings to people. And he didn't want that. He came to America for freedom. And um, I owe it to my father to, uh, uh, for every breath of air that I could take in in this life, stand up for that freedom and to use wisely uh, the tactics that Jesus teaches us how to uh, to go up against the adversary. And that's why I was against the, uh, the, the, tr- the truck convoy. I think it could do more damage to the freedom movement than it can do any kind of a positive thing. Okay. And Fair enough. Uh, Fair ultimately, enough. U- ultimately, we have to have a, a civil strike uh, against uh, the government at some point uh, to make that lesson known. This this uh, truck convoy would have been more powerful if it happened in March of 2021. True. Uh, I mean, I, I can see that as well. I can certainly yeah. see that as well. Um, I don't see it the same way you do, um, but I can respect what you're saying. Question really quickly, 30 seconds legitimately, because I've got to, I'm just out of time here. What, for someone like me or in our audience who just says, you know, we see all these problems, again, not to, we're not giving a free pass to the Republican Party, but on the Democrat Party as it's being run by the radical left, help us, mm-hmm. how many people like you are are, are over there, are, are well, in well, that group? Well, well, Right. Let me, let me just say that uh, the Democratic Party and, and the Globalist Republican Party in Indiana shut me out of running uh, for Congress again this year, which I wanted to do against Mr. Pence in the 6th District, because uh, Johnson County has been redistricted. But when I ran in 2020, it, it, when all of the uh, the Democratic apparatus was against me, I still received nearly 10,000 Democratic votes. I, I, I won the, the county of Washington County in southern uh, southern Indiana. And so that says that the, that the people of this state, especially the people of Indiana, that, that are hardworking people that, uh, uh, that don't go for this socialist uh, communist stuff, uh, uh, that they're, they're ready for a change within the Democratic Party and, and just need uh, strong leaders. Uh, Pastor Powell for Congress, .webs.com, has a great deal of information on my background and, and what I did in 2020 and what hoped we could do in 2022 and 2024. How, how many more of you are the there? Well, it's at least 10,000 of us. Okay. And, but I'm saying, uh, I'm saying, okay, let me redefine that. I'm, I, I say on the show frequently, it's not the rank and file Democrats would probably agree with a huge amount that we say on this program. Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the leaders of the Democrat party. Are there, are you hopeful mm-hmm. that there, there are other people that, um, would would condemn those radical uh, big government ideologies and embrace liberty, or, or are you a lone wolf over there? Well, I I, I, I wouldn't say a lone wolf. I I'd say you know the, the first one that uh, that's picking up the banner and and uh, and running with it. Politicians I found of either party are are more politically uh, cowards 
yeah. than anything else. They, they're not leaders. And no. if they tell you they are, then they're liars. <laughs> they're not it's, leaders. It's definitely rare. Mark, I'm just out of time, brother. I appreciate the uh, the time and for standing up and coming on here and explaining to us your thoughts. And it's good to have you. Mark from Whiteland. Got to take a quick time out, folks. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. <laughs> All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that. I I really enjoyed um, that conversation with Mark, especially especially when we uh, got the full context that he's, you know, in the Democratic Party. Um, And I'm, part of me admires that. It's just, just, as I've, I've said on here before, it's not the Democrat, the rank and file Democrats are not, the problem that we face, the problem that we face are the radical leftists. And he, he points out the problems of the Republican Party, which I recommend or recognize that certainly as well. This is not – this program has not nor has it ever been intended to be a, par, a program that's designed to uh, prop up the Republican Party. This is about ideas. This is about principles. This is about – what it was that made America great, which is those, which are those principles that are founded in our documents, the, the, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. Those things matter today as much, I don't want to say more than, but in a sense, maybe more because people just don't, aren't aware of them or they're, mis, they're misinformed or confused as to how to apply them. And I had some other things queued up today. I had Chuck Todd and Nikki Haley queued up to talk about. I had some things to talk about with gas prices, but um, I found that interesting. I hope you did. I hope you did as well. And maybe we'll have Mark uh, back on the program. But I'm telling you, the rank and file Democrats in the state of Indiana in the heartland, maybe not in places like Seattle and Portland. Although I'm wondering as we travel the country, I'm wondering if maybe there's even more folks in those places that see and recognize truth and see and recognize just how badly truth is being abandoned and uh, beaten and honestly defeated, but just, just battered and bruised by these politicians and the folks that are driving culture and decisions and so forth in the media. And I think people have a, lo- a longing and a yearning for this stuff. And I I do think, and I know sometimes I'm... I'm pretty optimistic about these things, but I think we've never had a better opportunity in my lifetime to maybe persuade people to the truths of constitutional conservatism. So anyway, got to take a break, my friends. Be back here in just a minute. All right, my friends, I hate to say this. I just, I'm out of time. I'm out of time, but I, you know, I appreciate Mark coming on. I hope Mark, and others like Mark can get control of the Democratic Party. Because, I mean, (laughs) that is a major, major, major problem in this country today. We are reaping the, well, not the benefits, we're reaping the consequences of what it means, what happens when you allow the radical left to run a country from all the uncertainty and tension and inflation and open borders and everything else. So I hope there's a lot more marks out there, folks. I've got to go. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.